Welcome to Uplink. The aviation dialogue starts here. I'm Shasta Ways. And I'm Michael Wiles. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Uplink. The aviation dialogue starts here. Today, we're honored to have Catherine B. Creedy join us. Catherine is not just a veteran aviation journalist and author with a career spanning numerous facets of commercial and business aviation. She is a pivotal figure in shaping the narrative around aviation and aerospace workforce development. As the editor of Future Aviation and Aerospace Workforce News, Catherine delves deep into the critical workforce issues facing the aviation and aerospace sectors. She has a keen eye for identifying opportunities that the community has overlooked in promoting careers within these industries, especially to the younger generations. Her work includes the creation of comprehensive lists, such as a detailed directory of women executive in aviation, defense, and aerospace, and a catalog of educational programs aimed at launching young people into aviation and aerospace careers. Catherine's passion for increasing diversity within the aviation and aerospace industries, particularly in attracting more women and minorities, is evident in her commitment to providing them with the resources they need to thrive in today's workforce. Her writing has graced the pages of Forbes Online, Smithsonian's Air and Space Magazine, and other top publications including BBC Capital, CNN Travel, and the LA Times Travel Section, to name a few. Her insights have been sought after by a wide array of aviation and travel publications worldwide. In today's episode, Catherine will share invaluable perspectives on the current state and the future of aviation and aerospace careers, the importance of early exposure and education, and how we can work together to break down barriers and foster a more inclusive industry. Catherine, welcome to the Uplink Podcast. Yeah, so we'll jump uh, right into it. And today we're going to talk about um, aviation outreach and the workforce. And um, Catherine, can you share your insights on the importance of early exposure to aviation and aerospace careers for young students, especially girls? Well, first of all, I think I need to um, tell people I've been covering the aviation industry for 40 years as an aviation journalist. And so I've gained a lot of insights, especially over the last decade as I uh, worked on workforce issues uh, in the aviation industry. And so I now have studied up on it and have, have some in- insights. At any rate, um, to answer your question, I was hooked at age five. And so I know many others who wanted an aviation careers since they were a kid. Um, so I think the industry is missing out, not focusing on young kids. But we have to understand that the high school programs only began in 2017. So this effort is relatively new. Now we need to move to middle and elementary school. For instance, I went to the American School Counselors Association conference last summer because I was tired of hearing we need to get to them but haven't done so. So I thought I'd scope it out and found uh, that every other profession and trade are there. So clearly our workforce competitors are way ahead of us. There are software programs for career counselors who begin their work in kindergarten by educating kids on careers. The programs I reviewed showed only three careers for aviation. The industry needs to get involved with these software providers who are already in schools and already being used by career counselors. I wrote a story called We Are Promoting Aviation Aerospace Careers All Wrong, and this is how to 
um, partner with these different um, organizations. Wow, this is really insightful. So Catherine, what innovative methods can be used to integrate aviation and aerospace concepts into the elementary school curriculum? I know you just mentioned integrating with some of the software providers, but are there any others that come to mind? Well, there there are a ton of programs designed to interest kids in aviation and aerospace careers. They're all over the country. I have hundreds in a list on my website, and I have hundreds more needing to uh, be added to that list. Uh, but it, they're just no time. Um, so uh, we, it, since we have tons of organization designing curriculum uh, for elementary and high school, um, we have the Space Foundation, the AOPA Foundation, Experimental Aircraft Association, the Civil Air Patrol, and so many others. We need to educate school officials on what is available for free. We, if we create this aviation education ecosystem, such as I'm doing both nationally and locally, then we can amplify each other's programs so that the, to the community. Yesterday, I put out an alert to the Space Coast Women in Aviation Alliance, uh, which has organized two girls in aviation days. The alerts covered three different aviation events in Florida. I do that to keep the momentum going to ensure that the, that a GIAD or any other effort is not one and done. So, Catherine, what is a GIAD, just to be clear? Um, a Girls in Aviation Day, which is Women in Aviation International's effort to do what we want to do is get into elementary school levels, get into middle school levels. And have girls, they have a global girls in aviation day every year. And last year it attracted 30,000 kids around the world. Wow. Okay. So this is on the local level. It's basically equipping uh, local sponsors or providers like yourself who could get into the community and sort of interact with these young women. Right. It's working. So for instance, Space Coast Women in Aviation Alliance is working with the women in aviation uh, chapter at FIT, at Florida Institute of Technology. And we just began working with a, a new group being formed. And uh, it's it's a fabulous synergy because we're experienced in our careers and they're just starting out. So this is a way we can um, work together to teach them what they know, what they need to know to be successful in their careers. Um, but uh, I think that the biggest innovation would be working with the career counselor software companies They'll do the work for us. We just need to tell them about uh, the careers, not just a few. And while I'm at it, let me just say uh, we are emphasizing pilot and technician careers at the expense of everything else. Having said that, I think we need to redefine technicians, explaining to counselors that they are no longer grease monkeys, but genuine problem solvers working on high-tech airplanes with high-tech tools that put gaming to shame. We also need to tell them they'll start out about $60,000 a year and within, and within five years could be making $120,000. Okay, so uh, you touched there on the role that parents, guardians, and educators and counselors can play in the... Um in sort of improving the pathway. I'd like to shift the conversation a little bit to, you know, diversity and inclusion. And um, given the cultural barriers identified by the Women in Aviation Advisory Board in their report recently, what steps can the aviation industry take to create a more inclusive environment there? Um, well, that's a good question. First, whatever I say applies as much to other minorities than uh, women. Second, we need to address culture, which was the overriding recommendation of the board's report. 
the Women in Aviation uh, Board's report. I can't tell you how many women complain about discrimination, harassment, belittling, men taking credit for their ideas, and sexual assault in flight and on the flight deck. My desire to increase women in aviation is tempered by that, what they'll face when they uh, get there. That's why I'm also interested in teaching women what they need to know to prepare themselves to fight back. And we need to band together to support them when it is needed. That is why women's groups are, uh, or minority, any minority group are so necessary, although the national groups do not do enough to call industry to account. This is not unique to aviation. This is a problem across society, across industries. And to me, the Me Too movement has failed. So how do you, you know, there's been a lot of chatter recently in the news and just public dialogue about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the industry. How do you view the current state of diversity and inclusion within the industry? And what and what do you think are the changes that needed to be made? First of all, anyone who thinks we are in a post-racial America is in denial. When those who fight affirmative action say it is unfair, I say, you want to talk unfair? The entire lives of minorities are unfair at every turn. You call uh, it a level playing field, then prove it by providing the same opportunities for everyone, regardless of their economic circumstances or minority status. Only then can we get rid of affirmative action. But I want to point to a couple of things. As you know, on my LinkedIn post, I don't suffer racism, full stop. When I post something about removing barriers to the aviation profession, Inevitably, some white guy says we need to judge everyone on the merits and emphasize emphasizing blacks or other minorities is unfair. They also uh, love to suggest that we are changing standards to make way for lesser performing employees. You've seen when I call BS on that. No one is changing the standards and the suggestion that would that would be needed is racist, full stop. Doug Parker, former American Airlines CEO, developed breaking down barriers and United has emphasized minority hiring goals and rightly so. Both also emphasize this is not about offering a handout, but is about widening the pipeline, which is run, which is run out of white males. It is about recognizing, as Parker says, that the opportunity to pursue these careers is not equal. Talk about unfair. He is doing what we should all be doing, going into underrepresented communities and showing people who would otherwise not think aviation and aerospace careers that there's a pathway and it is for them. Right. Wow. So that's very powerful. I uh, appreciate your commentary on that. Uh, I think you add um, very needed perspective that's necessary in the, the public dialogue. That's why I post on LinkedIn so often. I just have to call these people out and educate them that we are not living on an, uh, uh, on a, an even playing field. And until we get to that, we'll never make any progress. It's very rare that uh, I would say a, a thought leader in the space like yourself in the industry exists, you're very rare because very few people are interested in changing the status quo or even commenting on it. So I think we appreciate your commentary, especially as like young people trying to come into the space. And, and I'm not alone. I don't think it's as rare as you think it is because Scott Kirby at United is full fully behind this. Uh, Doug Parker, Delta is very much... Uh, uh, involved. All the airlines are very much involved with uh, historically black colleges and universities. They're they're waking up to the fact over the past five years that there's a whole 
population of people that have that remain to be tapped as far as providing talent to our industry, whether it's in manufacturing or on the flight deck or um, uh, in corporate offices. So how do you think the aviation industry can effectively combat uh, combat gender biases, discrimination and sexual harassment? Well, by changing the culture, by ensuring that complaints are not met with retaliation. I've learned from so many women and minorities that uh, if you go to human resources with the corporate policies against these things in hand, they will protect the company and retaliate against you. There are simply too many reports to dismiss this. That's all part of the culture and it needs to change. We must stop emphasizing women. The issues women face are faced by all other minorities. Focusing only on women is the appearance of doing something about discrimination without uh, actually going far enough. That's a good point. I recently read a book by an author called Annie Duke. Uh, It's called Quit. And she talks about the illusion of progress is not progress. And that's always stuck with me. And I think we've seen in many of these initiatives that there is an illusion of progress, but it's not really progress until, as you're saying, some of the proper policies and protections are placed in place are in place for workers. Right. And what's interesting is that we have in the Senate reauthorization um, a requirement to create a permanent women in aviation advisory board. And I've posted my um, problem with that is that, as I said, all minorities face the same thing because it's the same culture. So we need to get beyond women and include every every minority, no matter what it is. So that that sets it up for the next stage of uh, this conversation where I want to talk about mentorship and support. How do you think mentorship programs um, can be designed to support young women and girls um, and get them interested in aviation careers effectively? Well, I think mentorship is absolutely critical to getting us where we need to go. Um, We need to build bridges between those established in their careers and those just starting out. As you know, I just mentioned Space Coast Women in Aviation Alliance and the two chapters in our sphere here on the Space Coast um, for Women in Aviation. Um, I went to its meeting on Wednesday, the the community chapter, and thought, what a perfect synergy between our two groups. We could become their mentors. But so many organizations have mentor programs, women in aviation, women in cargo, women in aviation and aerospace charter in Europe, women in drones. The the opportunities for finding a mentor are limitless, but it's, it's incumbent on both um, – senior employees to look for talent that needs this type of membership and that talent to look for senior employees that they'd like to have as mentors. That's a, that's a good point. And um, it also leads into my next question about work-life balance. You know, recently I spoke to a young woman who is currently working on her commercial pilot license. And she said to me, uh, she really wants to fly, but she really wants to be a mom. And it almost seemed that to her, the two things couldn't exist. So how do you think the aviation industry can better support work-life balance, especially for women? Well, this is a hard one to think, but think about this. Many policies women pilots are seeking have already been pioneered by flight attendants. So why not pilots? I wrote my first story on this in 2016. Eight years later, I see very little progress. And when I asked those I interviewed back then, 
They are now mainline pilots and tell me they're working on it. If the culture is bad for women at airlines, it is no better at unions. Again, we are back to culture. And I've interviewed everyone from women CEOs down to technicians, and they all speak about the importance of mentors, uh, people who just looked after their careers as much as they did their own, people who suggested they apply for a position they thought was too much. They also mentioned the allies, people who supported them, even if they were not not direct benefic- beneficiaries of the change being sought. The fact that they all mention such people in their lives means both are of paramount importance, regardless of race or gender or anything else. What they are saying is we cannot be bystanders, but this is tougher than it looks because of hidden corporate policies relying more on retaliation than helping. Retaliation is so 20th century. It is about power, not partnership. So do you think this is heard in the retention issue uh, for the industry? Yes, I do. Uh, And again, we're going, going back to culture and living up to the stated corporate policies prohibiting negative behavior and the assumption that when a woman starts a family, she actually wants the mom, mommy track. Understanding that if you treat your employees fairly, they will treat your customers well. They will be fiercely loyal and your best advocate. I did the history of SkyWest Airlines and learned that philosophy from, from them and they are a very successful company. Of course, I know this is easier said than done, but we must start somewhere. Right. So how do you think these antiquated work rules have affected the ability for women pilots to balance the career aspirations with personal or family life? I I think you just mentioned some of it, but can you uh, share a little bit more? Well, the articles I did in 2016 focused on the demand by millennials for better work-life balance. This is an overdue sea change seen throughout industry, and I'm so proud of millennials for pushing the conversation. But I don't think our industry could imagine what it looked like. Management and unions continue think, to think it was a woman's issues. And with only 67% of pilots on the flight deck, why bother? The story I wrote showed women were also addressing the problems faced by their male colleagues. For years after that article, one union rep and I had a running argument about why it is so important to change work-life balance to be more family-friendly. This rep uh, ran up to me several years later and said ex- uh, excitedly, Catherine, we were working on work-life balance. We did a survey of our members and they all want it. Duh. My response was, oh, so now that you have permission of the male pilots, you will work on work-life balance? And his response was, oh, no, Catherine, it's not like that. I just told him it was exactly like that. Fast forward to today, while I've heard the new contracts address work-life balance, I'm anxious to find out the details because it would be a step forward. But even so, it is now five years after that conversation and decades after women began working on it. Right. And we're seeing a sea change in just work-life balance uh, across entire workforce. You know, with the pandemic has really changed how employees uh, want to interact with uh, employers and um, the workforce is, you know, rapidly changing. Can you discuss uh, specific work rules or changes or accommodations that you think would significantly attract and retain more women pilots? Well, here again, it's not just about women. Workers want to be home more. They want to be available for their kids or their parents. They want uh, better schedules to accommodate these things. And for women, they want to be able to ha- uh, 
have a clean, clean, secure place to express milk instead of risking dangerous environments and, and complications. These issues are just the tip of the iceberg. I want to shift the conversation to the last phase and we'll talk about seniority and career advancement because we know, especially for pilots in, in the aviation industry and probably mechanics too, uh, seniority is sort of the, um, the, the way that work goes. Uh, Catherine, in your view, how do you think the seniority system within the aviation industry serves as a barrier to gender equality and economic equity for women pilots? Um, we aren't going to change seniority, I think. It's too embedded. But the big way it hurts everyone who needs a stable schedule is opting to remain um, on a lower paying plane for schedule stability. That means they are shut out of higher paying jobs and their career earnings are greatly impacted. Remember, it is not just about women, but men who want to be active parents or who must be caregivers. That's why women are pushing so hard because their efforts would benefit everyone. So changing that system would be a start. So what solutions or policy changes would you recommend to address the challenges posed by the seniority system for women seeking to advance in their pilot careers? Well, there are many policy changes, and one of which would be matching seniority, changing seniority a little to accommodate um, family structure. Um, again, it's not just about women. It's not just about motherhood. Um, uh, I just know what the end goal should be equal earning power, equal opportunity, regardless of family circumstances. And no, this is, would not be just for parents or sons or daughters who need to care give their parents. Um, there must also be accommodations for those who have similar needs, but who do not fit that mold. On the social policy front, we need to stop assuming the home front is women's work. One pilot told me her husband is a stay-at-home dad. I've known a lot of men who do that, and they are my heroes, seriously, because they are not only um, sacrificing, as women have done over the ages, but they are tilting at a, a mindset in society that homework is women's work. They need to be appreciated, valued for their sacrifice, just as women who hold both the job and the household do. That is a societal change we need to see. I totally agree with you. And I think Jessica Webster of Hera Aviation has expanded the, the definition to caregiving as opposed to just parenting, because um, when you expand it to caregiving, men sort of see themselves within the the people being affected because they also have to maybe care for, you know, elderly parents or um, some of them are the, the ones staying at home. So I think if we expand the definition, maybe people will wrap their heads around it more um, easily and we might see some of these uh, policy changes. I think if we expand the definition because caregiving affects everyone, whether it is uh, um, a son or a, um, a uh, daughter caring for their parents, or uh, whether it is a parent caring for their child, we have a family ecosystem that needs to be respected and accommodated. Well, Catherine, you've been a wealth of knowledge. And before I let you go, I wonder if you have any closing thoughts for young women and young girls and women who are considering a career in aviation. You yourself have built a very productive career. So is there any parting message that you'd like to share? Well, this is to any minority, just not women and girls. Uh, we need you. We cannot grow the industry, whether it's aviation, airlines, aerospace, or defense, without you. 
Imagine yourself pursuing an aviation aerospace career and find those in your local community to help you. And that goes for young people just starting out with their careers. Find other women in the community that have successful careers and partner with them to help you in your careers. We want to help. We're out there. We want to be mentors. We want to be able to reach back to the next generation to do what the last generation did for us. That's well said. I totally agree. My my mentors have been a big staple in my career so far, and I wouldn't be here without them. So, Catherine, thank you so much. You've been a wealth of knowledge. I think our listeners will appreciate all the insights you have to share, and I encourage them to read your stories because you've really done an awesome job covering the topic of workforce and women participation and outreach within the aviation industry. And I think hopefully people will see um, actionable steps that they can take. Yes, and there are lots of them that we can take together. Yes. So thank you, Michael. This is wonderful. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Catherine. Okay. Take care now. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Before we move on, we've got just a couple of important housekeeping notes for all of our listeners out there. The first is join Uplink Link Up community. Here's one benefit of joining. If you're looking to dive deeper into the world of aviation and join the conversation, we'd love for you to be a part of our Uplink Link Up community. It's a great space where enthusiasts like you can discuss, debate, and share insights about everything aviation. Joining is super easy. Just head over to our website or check out the show notes for the link in our Uplink Link Up WhatsApp group. We have a general group for aviation discussions, and we have a special Uplink Link Up DC Metro group for our listeners in the DC area. Being part of Uplink Link Up means you get to interact directly with us and other aviation enthusiasts. It's a fantastic way to get your questions answered, share your opinions, and even influence future podcast topics. So don't miss out on being part of the Uplink LinkUp community. Join today and take your love for aviation to new heights. We can't wait to interact with you all. Again, thank you for joining us and we can't wait to see you next week.